Avast me hearties, and welcome to Pirate Talk Radio. In this podcast, I discuss everything from lore, to updates, to the future of the game, down to the nitty-gritty statistics and the player base. So please, grab the helm, grab a sail, stand behind a cannon, don't miss the board, but more so, raise the colors, and let's set sail on this adventure. Pirate Talk Radio. I am Dabram, and this is episode 29, and we're closing in on 1,000 views slash listens. Actually, we're probably over 1,000 views if you include the YouTube, which we've just started to put this stuff on YouTube, but uh, thank you so much to everyone out there who is listening. Thank you for those who are sharing, uh, and, and anyone out there who's enjoying the podcast. Thank you very much. I enjoy doing it, but every time I see more and more people per episode, uh, taking a listen to it or watching it on the YouTube, it just, uh, it just feels so good. And, and, and I'm glad that, that I'm enjoying recording it so much as you guys are enjoying listening. So thank you very much to each, uh, and every one of you out there. And if you would like to support, uh, this podcast or any of my content, you can go over to patreon.com slash Davram TV, and we've got a variety of different uh, tiers that you can subscribe at if you would like to financially support uh, the podcast. And each of the tiers have unique rewards uh, for those patrons who are supporting the podcast. But again, thank you, each and every one of you. Please continue to uh, let me know what you think via Twitter, Davram TV on Twitter, uh, in the comments section of YouTube, or however else you can reach out to me. Discord is always in the uh, the show notes, you can join the Discord and let me know what uh, you think of the podcast, what some topics you would like me to talk about, um, and so on and so forth. But thank you again, each and every one of you. Very much appreciate you tuning in and spending a little bit of your week or day uh, with me. May it be in the gym or driving or, or whatever you're doing when you're, when you're listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. I, I can't express that enough. Thank you. Um, but uh, it's been an interesting uh, a couple of a uh, couple of days for me. Last week was a, a very busy day, uh, or very busy day. See, I I am so stressed and tired from my daily work uh, and and everything that's been going on um, that I I can't even speak correctly now. So I apologize if this episode is completely one hundred percent scuffed. But <laughs> it's. It's been rough, but on a plus side, I was able to get my first COVID vaccine. Uh, so I've got one more coming up here near the end of the month, and then I will be vaccinated, though still wearing the mask, still staying socially distanced, trying to do my part. And I hope you all are out there, too. But uh, wow, what what a as someone who, you know, predominantly stays um, in their house uh, or, or in their office most of the time. Um, you know, over the past year, or even before that, uh, I don't get out much. I, you know, I, I don't really, there's, there's not too much aside from charity work and things like that, that I, I really enjoy going out and doing aside from working out, which obviously gyms have, have been closed. So we haven't been able to do that, but, uh, now that they're reopening and, and I've got my, uh, my first vaccine and 
soon to be fully vaccinated. Uh, that is definitely a place that I am going to be going back to. Uh, and I've got some new gym shirts, you know, pirate legend gym shirts and pirate shenanigan gym shirts. You know, we're going to be repping the sea of thieves pirates uh, as we're, <laughs> we're lifting that iron out there. But uh, it was a huge stress uh, relief off my, my head when, uh, when I was able to get that first vaccine, because uh um, as many of you know, who have been following me for some time, who've interacted with me, who've watched the stream, um, my line of work, unfortunately, uh, does not offer insurance. So, uh, having such a awful, um, sickness that's out there in the world, um, going around and, and something that has, has killed so many, can't even count the number of people who have died because of this. And I myself was, uh, got sick with it a, a few months back, thankfully not as severe as many. Um, but, uh, as someone who lives life and unfortunately does not have the access to, uh, in insurance, it's, it's a huge, um, burden lift off you when you, when you start getting that medical care. And thankfully here in this country, uh, it is covered by the government. So I haven't had to pay anything for the, the vaccine. So, uh, it's, it'll be even more stress released, uh, near the end of the, the month once I finish that up. But, uh, uh, some other stuff going on just in my general uh, life. We've pulled back on the streams. I haven't streamed for a while, uh, probably about a week now. Those will come back, um, but uh, I have been asked to, to do a lighting show uh, coming up here. Um, it'll be next month. Uh, Mother's Day weekend will be the show. Uh, it's a show that I've, I've been part of since, wow, uh, 2000. So this will be year 22. Uh, in some way, shape, or form that I've, I've helped with the show or performed with the group. Um, you can see on my YouTube some of the previous concerts that I've done. And uh, that setup starts this, uh, this weekend. So um, I will be spending a lot of time um, getting that, uh, that project underway um, just so I can make sure it's, it's a volunteer project for my old high school uh, and, and just so I can give everything I possibly can uh, to that project. Uh, to design the lights and everything for that show. Uh, streams will be uh, probably pretty sparse, if any, until after Mother's Day. But I assure you, Pirate Talk Radio and my other YouTube content will still be flowing. Um, so there will be plenty of content for you to get. And your crazy Sea of Thieves podcast that I put on uh, will still be going. But uh, that's enough talk about myself and, and life right now. Let's jump in to what we know right now in Sea of Thieves. And we're coming to a close of a new chapter in Sea of Thieves, and that was season. Season one is only a few days away from closing, and the start of season two uh, is just a few days away from starting. And we got a teaser um, video about, uh, I think, a week ago now. Um, and it really, it, it if you paid attention... And I've watched it a couple times. If you've paid attention, you will see some things um, that obviously we anticipate. We don't know, but we anticipate are coming in uh, season two. One is definitely confirmed as um, we'll be going over the podcast. Uh, sea of Thieves just, they're reaping. They're, they're in here like reapers. They're pirating away Captain Logan's viewers and, and listeners. My viewers, Joe Neat is the reaper of reapers. Just start up this podcast and now he's coming in here. No, no, it's actually a really good podcast. I, it's, it's 
I listened to it. It's it's really good. Uh, but in typical pirate fashion, coming in late to the game and trying to make, you know, a name for themselves, even though they already have a name and the reason we do the content we do is because of them, but that's beside the point. Coming in here like Reapers. Grade 5 Reap- Podcast Reapers. Grade 5 Podcast Pirates. We gotta sink them. <laughs> but, um... Uh, we saw some things in the trailer that are very interesting, and I wanted to dive into the teaser before we talked uh, uh, more in depth into the podcast and, and information we got of the podcast, uh, and and what that podcast is is kind of going to be um, replacing um, as far as what we've grown to love and see from Rare. This podcast is actually replacing something that that we've had, and and um, we'll talk about that in a minute. But the teaser. Uh, showed off a new ship set. Uh, I'm a very, very excited for this ship set. Uh, it showed off the um, the ship set, which I can only assume. I don't believe it was in the teaser, um, but I can only assume that it goes with the Warsmith weapon set that we uh, we unlocked in season one. Um, it 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 very much has that color feel to it. Um, so I assume it's going to be something along the lines of a Warsmith or, or uh, uh, something to do with Flameheart, um, I think, um, or maybe Flameheart Jr., I'm not sure, but it has that coloration, that, that very powerful feel, the reds and the blacks, um, very much um, in that Warsmith-style design. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm hoping we find out um, in season, um, season two I, I don't know if it's going to be unlocked through the the pass um, or or if it's going to be something along the lines of an Emporium item. I would lean towards the Emporium uh, just because, again, um, they've been trying to push out the full ship sets in the Emporium and use the pass for folks who might not have had the opportunity to get those pieces back in the day or didn't have the money to get the pieces back in the day um, as a way of, of getting those pieces uh, for free. Um, or for the plunder pass, if you want the additional uh, content unlocks. Uh, but it's a gorgeous ship set, black and red and gold, very royal, very regal color scheme. Um, but also, if we're looking at the sails, tattered sails, um, which is becoming more and more of a staple um, that we're seeing um, with the with the new ship sets coming out. Um, but what I find is very interesting is. Their, the art team's continuation of taking something that fans love and adapting it and molding it into Sea of Thieves. And, and some of you may not have caught this, some of you may not have seen it on Twitter, but this is actually a tip of the cap to the Queen Anne's Revenge from Pirates of the Caribbean, the Disney movie. Um, Queen Anne's Revenge, if you're not aware, um, and you've lived under a rock of piracy for however long you've been a fan of piracy, um, the Queen Anne's Revenge was the, uh, flagship of Blackbeard, or, um, Edward Teach. Uh, it's been displayed multiple times in TV shows and movies and documentaries, um, famously, obviously, from Black Sails, the Stars TV show, which if you've not watched that and you love pirates, I strongly suggest you watch that. There's a Netflix um, documentary out if you're in, into documentaries. 
about the golden age of piracy in the Bahamas and the New World, and talks about Edward Teach and Charles Vane and 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 Ben Hornigal and all the the famous pirates of the time. Um, and it it shows and talks about the Queen Anne's Revenge, how we believe it looked back then. Um, but Pirates of the Caribbean, a very obviously po- popular uh, series from Disney, uh, did a movie about um, Blackbeard and in, in interactions with uh, Jack Sparrow. And in that was a, a Queen Anne's Revenge um, inspired ship. It was the Queen Anne's Revenge in the movie, um, but it obviously didn't look like the actual Queen Anne's Revenge um, you know, it, it, it's Hollywood magic, right? You got to make things look good for Hollywood. Um, but the reason we can say that Sea of Thieves is giving a tip of a cap to that version of um, the Queen Anne's Revenge is because um, there is a very distinct figurehead on this Queen Anne's Revenge in Sea of Thieves, and that is what appears to be a cage, a suspended cage off the front of the ship. Now, in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, the cage was actually suspended off the back of the ship, um, off the, near where the captain's quarters hung, where the captain's quarters was. Um, that's where it was in the Disney movie. Now, of course, because of the design of the ships in Sea of Thieves, it just didn't really make sense. There's no accessory back there, right? The galleon is the galleon is the galleon. We just changed the paint scheme um, and, and of, of everything on the galleon. And when it comes to the figurehead, we just add the figurehead to it, right? So it wouldn't make sense unless they added uh, a new cosmetic um, feature to be changed on the ship to have the cage in the back. So it makes sense. It's a, it's a smart decision move on a design side to move that um, cage to the front and still get the tip of the cap to the Queen Anne's Revenge. Now, some people might also out there ask, well, aside from the cage, what gives it off as a Queen Anne's Revenge tip of the cap to Blackbeard? And that is the sails. Um, the t- the the Blackbeard famous um, battle flag, or the um, you know the Jolly Roger, if you will, um, the raising of the black, the pirate flag that was a symbol of whatever crew, more more so the captain of the crew um, of of the ship, right? Um, Blackbeard's flag is a is a very symbolic flag of a skeleton looking demon. Um, which is piercing a bleeding heart with a spear. Now, in the uh, the sails that we saw in the teaser, there is no spear, there's no bleeding heart, but it is very clear that the uh, skeleton demon, um, or a variation of the skeleton demon, which was the representation on the flag of Blackbeard, um, is on the sails. Uh, it's very clear. Um, and it's 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 nearly indistinguishable uh, between the actual flag that we know that Blackbeard uh, flew um, and the sails. So maybe a slight alteration. I don't know if there's any copyrights or anything like that, but it's a very clear representation of Blackbeard and a tip of the cap to probably um, one of the most famous uh, pirates of all time. So I'm very excited to see how this ship turns out in person. I'm excited to see what everything looks like. Obviously, in the teaser, we get a quick flyby of the ship, uh, and you can slow it down and, and pause it and kind of see different aspects of it. But until you actually equip the ship, you don't really get a good feeling of everything. So I'm excited to see um, what that ship looks like, what they eventually call it, what flag will be an option on this flat uh, on the ship. 
Um, again, I would love to see a Blackbeard flag or or a, um, alteration of it with the the skeleton demon stabbing the uh, the bloodied heart. I would love to see that, and um, all the pirate uh, lore and pirate history enthusiasts out there that play the game would love to see that. I don't know if we will. Um, they may, you know, do something with it. Obviously, they're doing the 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 sales, um, but I would love to see us to get the flag. But we'll see. We'll see with that in in a couple days. But um, very interesting. I know last episode we touched on a lot of history um, of of what the different types of pirates are, and we're gonna do a little bit more Sea of Thieves lore plus history in the future. And we'll we'll probably do an episode on Blackbeard um, maybe after the ship set comes out and and talk a little bit more about Blackbeard for those of you who maybe know, don't know the story of one of the most infamous and famous pirates um, that ever lived. Um, we'll talk about that because, to be honest, um, a lot of the movies and, and stories of Blackbeard um, are, are, I guess what I'll say, uh, inflated a little bit. Uh, he was a very different man um, and had different phases of his life and his piracy uh, throughout his life. So we'll get into that in another episode. But I'm really excited to see um, what that ship set looks like. The other thing in the teaser trailer um, that we saw was a new event. Now, I'm not going to get too uh, much into this event uh, because we did learn a little bit about the event from the podcast. Again, the Sea of Thieves podcast. And I'm going to tell you what the event's called because they did tell us what it's called uh, and go into some details about that, which they gave, um, and my thoughts on that, which uh, which I have a lot um, as as normal. So we will get into that um, once we talk about the podcast. But a new event... The red skull in the sky. Um, it looks like a fort skull, um, but it's all glowing red. It's not a cloud uh, looking like misty white and gray, but it actually uh, is a giant red skull in the sky. So I'm anxious to see what that event is all about. Um, they talked a little bit about it, um, but they didn't go too much um, in depth. So I'm excited to see what that event's going to be all about. For all you tuck lords out there, there's going to be a new way for you to tuck on islands and ships and outposts and overall just sneaky fun and trolling and harassment that you guys do. Um, they are introducing what appears to be a new emote. Uh, I assume it's going to go into the emote section, not an equipment section, but the ab ability for your character to pull a barrel out of thin air and put it over your pirate. So obviously the the classic tuck emotes now hide and deck hide and pillar hide and wall hide and um, all those different tuck emotes with the dark clothing. Um, now it appears that you will have access to a barrel uh, that you can pull out of thin air and put over your pirate. So if you're someone like me, who doesn't particularly like having to change into darker colors in order to do fun little sneak things. Now it appears that you can go in with your bright colors and hide yourself in a barrel. How that will work? Um, will it will it fall under the same emote systems where once you once you barrel hide or whatever you want to call it, barrel yourself? Because I think there's already a barrel hide itself. So I'm not sure if it'll just be called barrel emote or barrel, I'm not sure, or if it's even going to be emote at all. Um, how that will work? Will will the barrel move at all or will it be stationary? 
Um, when the ship rocks back and forth, will the barrel rock back and forth with it? Uh, or will it be like the physics of a pirate? If you're doing pillar hide and the, the, the boat moves left and you stand still and the boat goes one way and you're still standing there, you're not exactly standing behind that pillar very well. So we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, but based on what we've heard on Twitter um, and based on what we can see in that teaser video, it does look like they're adding some sort of new hide system um, into the game kind of like the solid snake pulls the box out and puts it over his head. Um, but this time it'll be a barrel. So I'm anxious to see how that um, is going to be um, in the past. Uh, they've usually given those type of things for free um, with the, um, with, with like emotes, the free emotes, um, or at least some sort of like when, when they brought out the hide and sneak series, they gave everyone at least one of the hide emotes. So I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do this. Will it be tied to the pass? Um, will it be a part of the premium pass uh, or will it be something you get free in the Emporium or will it be something that you get free, just free? Um, I don't know, uh, but it, it sure, sure will be fun uh, to see how different people in the community use this, uh, not only for pictures, um, but also to see how they use this to be piratey, uh, sneaky and trolly and all that kind of stuff. So I'm anxious to see um, how that is going to work out. <clears throat> so. Season one is coming to a close and um, season two will be out very shortly. Um, the 15th, I believe, is when it's going to be launching. And Sea of Thieves, uh, with their grade five podcast pirating, um, had a nice podcast. Um, and, and I encourage everyone to go listen to it. It should be on all podcasting apps by this point, um, just like uh, this podcast. And it should also be on their YouTube. I watched it on their YouTube but they had quite a few people um, on the show. I believe it was six people total from Joe Neat to, to Mike Chapman um, to uh, a whole bunch of other folks as, as part of the kind of the higher heads of, of Sea of Thieves. Uh, and they went into some decent detail. Um, so what I want to do is I, I kind of want to break down um, what they talked about. And, and let's start um, with that new event since we just mentioned that new event. Um, it's going to be called the Fort of Fortune. Uh, the Fort of Fortune. Now, I'm not sure if that means it's going to be a brand new fort uh, that somehow has came out of the, the ground um, or a fort that's been built on an island. Uh, none of the islands really um, look like they're going to have a fort aside from there is some building materials on outposts, but you're not going to put an, a, a, a fort on an outpost, I wouldn't think. But it's going to be called the Fort of Fortune. And there's going to be, when that skull spawns up in the sky, there's going to be a worldwide sound. So everyone on the server is going to hear when that fort spawns. Um, so it's going to be less likely, obviously, that you could sneak to the fort and maybe hurry up and get it done before anyone knows the clouds in the sky, right? When it spawns, when it is up, it is going to make a sound. And Based on what they said on the podcast, it sounds like it's going to make some sort of Viking horde sound, which excites me because I love Vikings. <clears throat> so this is uh, this is is going to be part of the worldwide um, uh, events. However, they said that it's not going to be common. So right now, obviously, we get forts, we get fleets, we get flame hearts, and we get ashen uh, winds. 
they said it'll be part of that cycle, but it will be rarer. It will not be um, as common as as we see the other ones. So it is going to feel special when it spawns, almost uh, kind of like a Fort of the Damned. Uh, when players spawn the Fort of the Damned, it doesn't happen that often anymore. Um, but when it does, it kind of feels special. And uh, for for players out there, especially players like myself who who pride themselves on being, you know, not toxic reapers. Um, it's always nice to get on a, on a server and that happens. And then we can fight over it. And if you win, you get your loot. If I win, I take your loot. And, and so it feels like it's going to be more Fort of the Dam esque, but naturally occurring, not player spawned. Again, we saw in the teaser trailer, it'll be a red skull in the sky. Um, and I'm anxious to see what it's going to be like. They expressed on the podcast that this will be harder than a normal fort. It will be a challenge. So that right there excites me because, quite frankly, I was a little irritated when they nerfed the Ash and Winds events. I thought the difficulty of Ash and Winds was absolutely fine. I thought the length of Ash and Winds was absolutely fine. Um, I, I thought Ash and Winds was great on release. I think it could have been even a little harder or a little longer. Um, right. I, I personally like those type of challenges. And as a, as a person who plays Reaper a lot, it, it gives you the ability to get over there. Like if you just spawn and you're all the way across the, the map working on something and that comes up, if it's easy and quick, you're not going to be able get over there to contest it and have that interesting and player interactive uh, um, time because they're going to have it cleared and looted and everything, and they're going to be gone before you get there. So I wished it was harder and longer like it was in the beginning, but, you know, the community spoke and, and Rare made the adjustments. Now, what I did think was loot needed to be higher for Ashen Winds. It was a more challenging event than a normal fort or a, a fleet or a flameheart. So I thought the loot did need buffed, and they did that, and I personally feel the loot that you get from an Ashen Winds now is correct. I just think the difficulty was nerfed too much. With Fort of Fortune, however, we got kind of a sneak peek behind the scenes of what the loot is going to be. And they said specifically, for all the pirates out there who are not rank 20, so max level in Athena's Fortune, they're going to want to make sure they get involved in this event as a lot of the loot inside the vault will be legendary loot. So that is Athena's fortune um, loot. May it be a chest of legends or a new sort of um, legendary chest that we don't know of. You know, the the skulls and the villainous skulls and um, the, the, I call them butt plugs and the, the chalices. All the little bits that you get in like Thieves Haven runs, I assume, will be in there. Um... But this will be a, a option where right now, if you do a basic fort or a fleet or a flame heart or an ashen winds, there is nothing you get that can turn in to help your Athena's fortune. The only way to get Athena's fortune is for the damned. You get one item um, or doing Athena's voyages. So I really like the fact that they're adding a world event that's going to drop legendary items. Athena's fortune stuff. Personally, I've got most of my Athena's fortune items done. I think I have them all done. I am maxed. I was maxed when they first uh, increased it. I ground that out really, really uh, uh, ground them all out um, right off the bat. But uh, 
I still need Athena's fortune items to turn into reapers. I need to go steal um, things from people and turn into reapers um, in order to get those accommodations and things like that. So I'm very excited that they're finally adding a world event that's different or appears to be different um, based on what they said that give Athena items. They said that it will also give other trading company items. So reapers out there, this is what you want to see. You want to see people doing this event. You want to get over there. You want to attack them. You want to steal it because you're going to get legendary stuff. You're going to get gold order stuff, merchant stuff. You're going to get order of soul stuff. You're going to get all the different trading companies plus Athena stuff. And that's going to really help you in your, uh, in your, your quest to be the best reaper on the ship. The other nice thing that they added to, uh, Fort of uh, Fort of Fortune is that normal Fort loot will be increasing. Uh, the normal Fort loot hasn't changed for quite a long time. Um, personally, I think it's a, a obviously a little lackluster compared to like say the Fort of the Damned or even the fleets now since they've increased the drop rate um, on on the ships in the fleet. Um, obviously, we know Ashen Winds gives a chest of rage and some awesome other loot, and Flameheart drops a crap ton of loot. So seeing the fact that they're looking at some of the old stuff and bringing it up, kind of balancing it, um, really is going to make forts more and um, more incentivized to go after um, because they are increasing the value of the vault of a normal fort. Now, what I found is interesting about Fort of Fortune and why it makes me think that there might be a new island or something like that that this fort is on or how this is going... Maybe it's like an island that comes up out of the water when it spawns and then goes back down into the water when it's it's gone. I don't know. Um, but they said that you have to traverse the uh, the the fort. It's going to you have to work your way through the fort, which to me tells me it might be a bigger um, structure or or a bigger island than some of the normal forts. They could have just easily copped out and just had it spawn on one of the normal forts. It doesn't sound like that's the case, but again, we'll see here in a couple days how that works out. I'm just excited they're going back and revamping something that needs revamped and adding something new. Um, I don't know how it's going to tie into the story. I don't know if there's going to be a new uh, boss that's been introduced. I, I don't know uh, any of that stuff. Obviously, they didn't talk about it and they 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 didn't really get into details more so than hey, it's going to be something that's challenging. Uh, you're going to have to work your way through it. Um, and there's going to be Athena items and it's going to be worth a lot of money. So kudos to you, Rare. Uh, you've, got my, uh, you've got my excitement peaked. Uh, so I'm anxious to get into the game on uh, April 15th and really dive into uh, this new Fort of Fortune. I'm really, um, really excited about it. So... They went into um, a lot of discussion about um, a lot of discussion about seasons um, and why they chose to go with seasons, the initial feedback of seasons, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and some of it I agreed with, and some of it I thought was a little bit of the PR bullshit they they did. So one thing that I agreed with was. Um, the season is supposed to be targeted towards all players, regardless of your PVP centric, or if you're PVE centric, the idea of the season as no matter how you play every time you log on, you should feel rewarded. 
Now, part of that I agree with, and that is that you you can play however you want, and you're going to progress and eventually complete the season if, again, you put in the, the time. It doesn't take that long. I personally thought season one um, was a little on the weak side as far as time. A um, hundred levels I played very casually, only a couple hours a week, um, sometimes none um, in a week. And I was able to get it done with probably a month, month and a half to spare. Um, there were uh, reports of people having it finished within 24 hours. Um, I personally think that's something that needs tweaked. But one thing was true in what I did was if I went out to reap, I leveled up my season. If I went out to do a fort, I leveled up my season. If I went out to do a lost shipments voyage or uh, Noah's Ark voyage, uh, if those of you who don't know what that is, that is the animal voyages from the merchants. If I went out to do a Thieves Haven run or Athena or a Devil's Roar Vault or whatever I did or just go out and fish, I never did fish. But if if fishing was your thing, it didn't matter what you did or how you played, just by playing, you were unlocking the season. And I think that is 100% a great value for the season for them. And it's a great thing for the players because so many of these season passes that we have out there are tied to achievements or are tied to certain things. And you have to get these certain things done to unlock all the rewards. The only thing you have to do with the plunder pass is you get everything if you play. Or you want the you want the more um, you know higher content stuff, you pay 10 bucks, but if you still play, you still get everything. So I think it was a great design choice on how they laid it out. I think some tweaks need to be made about the reward system and how they go about award rewards, but we'll see if they make any changes to that in, in season two. Um, based on some of the comments that we'll discuss here in a few moments, I don't think that we will see these changes in season two, um, but I, I think some tweaks need to be made. The thing that I didn't quite get, uh, agree with was uh, each time you play, you feel rewarded. Though I agree, every time I log into Sea of Thieves and play from anywhere from 30 minutes to 7 hours, I feel rewarded. I've done something. The season allowed me to feel that with the nautical miles or the getting loot on my ship. But where I think they failed a little bit on that is once you hit 100, it doesn't feel as rewarding anymore. Once you hit 100... There is, there is no longer a reason to keep grinding the stuff out. And we saw that a, a few weeks ago, we looked at the Steam analytics for season one, and we saw the player base month after month. Season one was a huge boon for them. But month after month, the, the, the numbers of returning players weren't as high. They were still on a positive note, but they weren't as high. Um, and that's just because, again, people were completing the season and not coming back because there wasn't an incentive to, right? If you have something to unlock, that is that is good. Now, I'm not saying continue the season forever and give you new weapons or boat ship skins or whatever, but gold, doubloons, ancient coins, these are things that they can give you if you continue to level the season. Uh, now, I think there's some balancing that needs to be involved um, because obviously giving people, uh, if they 
kept it where it is, where just nautical miles and skeleton kills will allow you to keep grinding away um, seasonal experience. Obviously, they don't want people to sit there for three months grinding that away and getting more and more ancient coins or whatever, because again, the, the game runs by people buying ancient coins and thus paying for development. Um, but gold doubloons, especially with the new items that have been released uh, from the Dark Adventure to the new Kraken set uh, to the Silent Bar Barnacle set, it's all very expensive, especially the, um, the Dark Adventure set. So giving players the ability to continue past level 100, even if it was just for gold rewards every 5, 10 levels, and a doubloon reward every, you know, 10, 15 levels, I think that would be fair, and I think that would be fine. Um, I, I think that's something that they need to consider adding. Will it happen in Season 2? I doubt it, um, for reasons we'll talk about here in a minute. But um, but I agree partially, is when the season, when there was stuff to unlock, yes, you felt rewarded every time you, you logged in. Once you hit 100, you felt a lot less rewarded, if rewarded at all. So I think some look at that needs to needs to happen. So, um, <clears throat> a few, uh, a couple other things they talked about, which I thought was very interesting, um, spe specifically, um, around this idea of, um, of, of seasonal progress. Um, they mentioned in here that they wanted the season to feel good regardless of PVP or PVE. They are dedicated to making sure this is a sandbox game and the things they are putting into the game create interesting and fun player interaction. Um, now, for some, PVP is not fun. Well, sorry, it's a PVP game. Um, the developers never shy away from that. And in fact, they mentioned it um, specifically in this podcast in the fact that they said they are dedicated, and this is a quote from the podcast, they are dedicated to the idea of loss. No matter what you do, you have a chance to lose your loot. Now, may that be a Reaper ship, may that be an unmarked Reaper, may that just be a PvP player, may it be a Kraken mixed with a Skelly Galleon mixed with a Meg while you're doing a Flameheart event. It happens. Um, either way, their idea is whatever they're doing in game, they want to make sure that the threat of losing your loot at any given moment from PVP or PVE is always there. So if you're a player who only likes PVE and you're a player out there who only likes, you know, the easy way of just going out, digging up a few chests and, and selling, that's fine. But just understand that the development team running this game is doing everything they can to make sure that anytime you're sailing, the threat to lose your loot from another player or from emergent PvE is always there. They want that threat to be there because the idea of risk versus reward is what the pirate life is about. You are illegal Evil people on the seas, regardless if you're a gold order, a merchant, an order of souls, a reaper, whatever you're doing, you are a pirate. <clears throat> and the pirate life back in the day, it was not an easy one. It was one where any time that you captured a prize or went after a prize, that could be your last. You could die in combat 
uh, a storm could come up and you could sink, you could get lost at sea, or you could get captured by the Royal uh, Navy of, of France or England or Spain and get hung. So the idea of a game where you just go out completely unmolested, dig up chests and turn them in is not what this game is about. And the developers have again and again and again, and this time have made it very clear. They want you as the player to feel at any moment you could lose everything because that's how a pirate's life was. And I liked that they mentioned that because I know there's been talk for years about we want PVE servers. We want PVE servers. And on the other side, Alliance servers are bad. PVE servers are bad. We want more PVP. Get rid of the PVE. We want PVP. Here's the thing. Rare is going to take the middle ground. They want PVP. They want PVE, both emergent and set in stone. And they want every player, regardless of what you're doing, maybe you're out trying to reap someone and you're in the middle of a PVP battle and you get a Kraken on you or you get two Skelly Sloops on you or you get a Meg on you and you're just getting frustrated and calling it toxic PVE. I know I have in the past, but at the end of the day, Rare wants every single boat on a server and every pirate on that server to feel like at any given moment, something could happen and you lose everything. So embrace it. Get used to it. It's a pirate game. Learn the history of piracy. That's the daily life of piracy. Get used to it, right? Because that's what Rare is, is doing, and that's the direction they're taking it. And I personally love it. I absolutely love it. They talked a little bit about their progression in seasons. Um, obviously, they said they had some lessons um, that they've learned from season two or season one. However, uh, they did say that most of it is not going to be in season two. A lot of the feedback from the community, some of it will. And the reason for that is when season one launched, season two was already well into development and almost done. Um, if you were an insider, you would notice that soon after season one hit live servers, season two was already on insiders. The development was already near completion um, when Sea of Thieves season one launched. So if you expect um, a lot of changes from maybe the progression system, the trials, um, the events, whatever it may be, if you're expecting a lot of these changes, you're, you're fooling yourself. You're, you're, le you're leading yourself up to be disappointed because that's not how development cycles work. If they waited to get the feedback of the first two months of season one, they would never get season two done in time, right? So the feedback that the community has provided, the feedback from myself and, and other podcast people like Captain Logan and people on YouTube and Twitch and, and, and their partners out there, this feedback isn't probably going to start hitting till season three and season four. That's when we're going to start seeing this feedback. Always assume that the feedback that you're giving now, you're not going to see probably for six months, right? So that's kind of how a development cycle is going to be. And they said they've got feedback down. They have a lot of feedback down. Um, one of the feedback pieces that I've been yelling and complaining and bitching about since I started this podcast was stop giving me stale, reheated leftovers. Stop giving me the same crap. We saw it in season one. I've yelled about it in season one. We saw 
the Vault Raider. It was just a reprise of a patch that we just had that we just had not too long ago. The Vaults patch. We had the fishing thing. That's just a reprise of the fishing thing that just happened not too long ago. And they finally said on this podcast, they said one of the biggest pieces of feedback that we got from season one, it was too samey. Samey was the word they used. It was too much the same from what they had been doing. And they heard that. They heard it loud and clear. And they said their focus near the end of this year. So we're talking season three, maybe? Season four, probably. The seasons at the end of the year are going to try to start moving away from being so samey. So much reused stuff. Yes, they're still going to be looking at at bringing back old stuff from the past for new players, right? Skeleton Throne, the Festival of the Dam, the Festival of Giving. They want to make sure new players who haven't played this game before get to experience some of those old cool things. But they said their focus around live events, and these are things like time-limited events, like the Festival of Fishing, the Festival of Giving, the Vault Raiders, which we're going on right now. Those time-limited events are going to be less samey. Now, again, I'm going to hold judgment until I see. Personally, I'm not going to obviously hold my breath for Season 2, I'm going to assume that season two is going to be much like season one. It's going to be fast to get through. We're going to get items, which are stuff that I already have because of, of the pirate emporium and me being ridiculous and buying everything. It's going to have some new cosmetics that will then again, release in the pirate emporium um, in season three, things that have frustrated me and annoyed me. I'm going to be frustrated and annoyed with in season two. But what I'm excited to hear is finally they have admitted that their stale, reused, cold, leftover crap is not what players want. And their focus on live events near the end of this year, again, season three and season four, which haven't been developed yet. Season three is probably in development right now. They've probably like halfway through development of season three right now. Season four... I'm guessing is just in concept phases right now. <laughs> so some of these changes we might start to see in season three, but most likely it'll be season four when we start to see these changes and we might see new exciting live events that give us something to look forward to and not the same bullshit and the same crap that we've seen month after month after month. Which brings me to one of the last points they made on the podcast. One of the last points they made on the podcast was hit registration. It's not fixed yet. Progressively has deteriorated deteriorated through season one. But the podcast is going to be your gateway into the minds of the development and the design team. Um, everyone probably remembers who've played this game for a while. They remember the Sea of Thieves update. Sea of Thieves news. Do, 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 do. Hello, Joe Neat here, executive producer of Sea of Thieves. And this exciting update. You've, you've heard it, right? You've heard it. There are memes about it out there. They got rid of that during season one. Right before season one, I think. They got rid of it. 
The podcast is going to be their ability to reach out to us, the community, and to tell us what they're working on. Uh, so instead of a three-minute to a like like a two and a half three-minute video where Joe rattles off a whole bunch of stuff and the, the 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 majority of the video is and here's what's new in the Pirate Emporium. Here's how you can spend money on a game that's broken to hell and back. Support us now by buying this new ship and these banana and coconut weapons and you know this now what appears to be probably a 45 minute to an hour and a half podcast uh, roughly the same time frame uh, that you're listening to my dumbass um they're going to be talking about this kind of stuff it's it's going to be kind of like a uh, a, a way for you to get weekly maybe updates on how the development cycle is going um, they're going to be uh, looking into uh, using hashtag SOT podcast um, as a way to for you, the community members, to reach out to them on Twitter. Now, their head of live guy, I don't remember his name, but he said, I just thought up of this Sea, this sea of Thieves podcast hashtag. Buddy, you haven't thought that up because uh, Captain Logan and I have been using it. He's been using it for three years now, and I've been using it since I started this thing about a year ago or whatever it was. So, no, you did not just think of that. You might have want to take credit for it, but stop reaping and stop reaping the people who came before you. All right? We've been using that hashtag. But using Reddit and YouTube comments and their partners and starting to give you more information about what they're going through. You know, on this hit reg thing, I'm not going to start a rant about hit reg. I promised everyone I wouldn't. But, you know, I've, I've changed my mind on hit reg. It's annoying, it's frustrating, it needs fixed, it's never going to get fixed. But I've changed my mind on hit registration. I'm no longer going to uh, uh, call it hit registration anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to call it. That's going to be a bad term. We'll probably use it still a little bit so everyone knows what we're talking about. But hit registration is now a bad term. It's a dirty word. We're now going to call it historical accuracy. <laughs> because these weapons back in the day, regardless if it was a rifle, if it was a flintlock pistol... If it was a blunderbuss, these weapons were very inaccurate. So that's what we're going to start calling it. It's not going to be hit reg. Hit reg is now a dirty word. We're going to call it weapon historical accuracy. That's what we're going to call it. Rare has instituted not a bug, not an exploit. Where They have instituted a feature of weapon historical accuracy. That's going to be the title of this podcast. I've determined it right now. Weapon historical accuracy. <laughs> um but yeah so so they're going to be looking at those those live events they're going to be using this podcast to give you all a a way to hear from them based on their your questions your concerns and your feedback they're going to be kind of an open forum not necessarily live where you can interact with them there but a way you can you can hashtag at them or put on reddit or whatever it may be um in their youtube comments and, and they can start gathering up questions that they would like to answer um, so, so yeah, I, I thought the podcast was, was really good. I thought it was, uh, was a nice launch, um, uh, for their first episode. Obviously they've got 28 before they catch up with me. Um, but you know, that's how it goes. I personally find that I'm more loud and obnoxious and piratey than they are, but you know what? They're professionals and they got to act that way. I'm a dumbass that sits in his, his office here and just wants to go back to the gym so I can, lose this god-awful amount of weight i've gained 
God, I love pizza. But I want to leave you with one more tidbit here. And I found this very interesting. They talked about new things that the community has asked for for a long time. The community is tired of fighting skeletons, right? You've got players, you've got skeletons, you've got a megalodon, you've got a kraken. You've got, you know, sharks or whatever. But you've got sharks, big and small. You've got big tentacle hentai monster that really is pointless at this point because it's easy to kill on any ship. And you've got skeletons, and that's that's basically all you've got. Sure, ghost ships, whatever. They still come from the skeleton lord of Flameheart, so whatever. The variety of threats in this game is very limited. Um, and players have been asking a long time to introduce new creatures, uh, new opponents that are more um, interesting uh, than just a basic skeleton, um, right? Um, that's, that's more interesting than a basic ghost ship, right? The, the ghost ships were interesting as they had new a- uh, munitions that they fired at you and that you could then get and fire at other players. So that was a little bit interesting. We had the Ashen Lord get introduced. And the Ashen Lord had all these new powers from, you know, death from above to the to the flamethrower, uh, to the sword dash, to the throwing of uh, volcanic rock. New and interesting, right? But still skeletons. Still skeletons, ghosts, whatever. So they said they're going to be looking at a long list of, of, you know, potential creatures that we're going to see by the end of the year. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. And they didn't go into too much depth, but if you've got the Sea of Thieves lore book, you can probably see some of the creatures that they might be considering. But what I found interesting, on the eve of Season 2, Mike Chapman says that he wants to begin making workout videos, where which I need. Mike Chapman, please send them to me. He says the harder you work out, the more teasers he will give you. Bro, I will look sexy AF if you actually created something like that. If I had a freaking earpiece that just gives me Mike Chapman teasers all day, if I'm working out, my ass is quitting the my job, and I'm just going to live in the gym, and I'm going to get teasers all day. I'm just going to blow up the podcasting world and YouTube world with teasers from Mike Chapman while I get sexy at the same time. But he said, he said that if he did this, the very first teaser he would give is, well, everyone always asks about merfolk. You're right. Everyone does ask about merfolk. And just so happens, what, two updates ago, Duke was talking about merfolk. So Duke was talking about merfolk. You just mentioned merfolk again. I have a feeling we're going to see some merfolk very soon in Sea of Thieves. I've got nothing to confirm that with. I have no idea. But it just so is interesting that they mention that Duke is going to be your, your teaser guy in the game. Go find him. And he's going to give you clues at what might be coming. And he just talked about Merfolk two epi- two, two uh, patches ago. And you just mentioned a workout video series where you give teases based on how much I sweat. And you said the first teaser you would give is Merfolk. I'm telling you right now, chat. I'm telling you right now, every listener out there, I'm going to put money on it. There are going to be Merfolk. Not the mermaids that return you to your ship. I'm putting money on it right now, Mike Chapman. Mike Chapman just teased 
Merfolk. Duke teased it two, two, two updates ago. Two updates ago, he teased it. You just teased it again. Merfolk are coming to Sea of Thieves. I don't know next season. I don't know by the end of the year. They said new creatures by the end of the year. Players have been asking about Merfolk. They're in the lore book. I'm telling you right now. Sooner rather than later, Merfolk are coming to Sea of Thieves. And I personally think that sounds really fucking sick. Really scary, too, because if you know the legends of Merfolk, they're just these, these creatures that would sing and mesmerize your head as you looked over the side of your boat, and then they would snatch you down and pull you down and drown you. Could you imagine that in Sea of Thieves? Like, you're sitting there waiting for a border, right? You know a border is coming. So you're sitting there, like, looking off your ship, trying to find this border, and all of a sudden, you're underwater. And you drowned. Fucking scary. But yeah, it was a very good podcast. Um, obviously, there's some things they said that I agree with. Some of the things I don't uh, ag- agree with. I, I personally think um, their approach uh, to development still needs changed a little bit. It feels too samey, if I will, will say so. I know they talked about the evolution of their development process, but to me... Their development process hasn't changed between before seasons to seasons. They've just put a seasonal label on three months of their updates. It doesn't feel like it changed a whole lot. The quality of life changes, bug fixes and stuff like that. It doesn't feel like it's it's made any difference. Again, it was season one. I'm going to stay cautiously optimistic. I, I don't feel that I'm going to be wooed or wowed. Um, in season two, I feel it's going to be a lot of the same. But starting in season three, I'm going to have a more critical eye on some of the stuff that they mentioned. And I, I write my notes down, so I've got them documented. Um, I'm going to be starting to be more critical on, on the words that they said on this first podcast and see if, in fact, they are listening to the feedback of the community. And starting in the, the season three and more so season four, if they're actually executing. Because personally, I feel like they have failed to execute this new development cycle that they they hyped up and talked about um, for seasons. I feel like they failed doing that. Um, but will they fail again? They've obviously now admitted that there's there's negative feedback to the system that they have right now. Now my question is, will they listen to the feedback? Um, or will they continue like they have so many times before? And they put the blinders on and they just keep pushing that content, keep pushing the content. um, And they push quantity over quality. We will see. All that I know is season one is about to be over and season two is only days away. And I'm excited to get my hands on that Blackbeard ship. And I'm excited to see what new adventures are in store in the Fort of Fortune. But guys, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Please check out the show notes and support our sponsor, Deathwish Coffee, and get 15% off your next order. If you're watching on the YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button so you can always catch all of these episodes. If you're listening on any of the podcasting app, please, please give me a rating with a feedback. Please do not put a review of stars without telling me why you've reviewed with those stars, and I always try to do the best possible podcast as possible. Please check out my YouTube channel, Davram TV on YouTube. 
please check out the Instagram and the Twitter at Davram TV. You can reach me um, in DMs of my Twitter, or you can check out the Game Legion Discord. Uh, join that and uh, chat with me there about things that you would like to hear on Pirate Talk Radio. Guys, please stay safe out there. Take care of yourselves and each other. And I'll see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.